from the twisted realm of science and the darkest pits of reason comes chilling tales of godlessness. Bear witness to the unfathomable terror that is The Good Atheist. Welcome to the Good Atheist Podcast. My name is Jacob Forte. I'm Ryan Harkness. And boy, am I happy that this is going to actually be a smooth show, ladies and gentlemen. Take two on what was previously a disaster. <laughs> I had it's bad so internet. It was a disaster. It was actually really good. And then the internet was a disaster. And the internet is what ruined that last show. It's true. I guess I still have that memory of... I only considered it a disaster because it was going so well. We were just having one of those... Nice shows where everything was sort of grooving it. And then my internet decided to just crap out. Horrible situation, which I've now fixed permanently. So it will never happen again. So you're, you're talking to a happy Jacob, a very happy man. You know, I've heard that story before. Uh, I remember after you got back from the Dominican Republic, you were saying, and now my internet is fixed. And then when you were in Calgary and there was a train that uh, that went right outside your window, and that was a problem, too. And then there was a, there, there was some kind of clock. Yeah, the uh, chiming. The chiming. It wasn't a clock. It was the Calgary Tower actually chimes every hour during the workday, if you can believe that shit. I mean, <laughs> what? Nobody in Calgary actually knows. Do you know this? I was informing native Calgarians. Hey, did you know that uh, it chimes every hour? No. Well, I sure do as a podcaster. <laughs> oh, the sounds of Calgary. Uh, yeah, and it was the worst, too. It was. Imagine if they had... Okay, so um, they use these weird bells or something. I mean, it must have been cool during the Olympics when the thing was literally a torch. It lights on fire, by the way. It does? Yeah. That's pretty cool. I know. And, and, and here's a funny story. So we lived almost next door to the Calgary Tower. And then one day, I mean, we're such noobs. One day, we see it and it's on fire and we're really, really close to it. And all of a sudden, we start panicking. Oh, my God, did the electronics and the shitty thing, the sound thing, take on fire? So we, 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 we go on Facebook and we say that there's a fire there. And, and I noticed something that immediately happened. Facebook took it down. Big Brother was like, don't spread panic. Don't spread panic. It's all good. And then all of a sudden you realize, whoa. Okay, in that instance, you did right, but holy shit. Well, it, it, it's always a, uh, kind of spooky when that kind of thing happens, when you realize uh, how closely they're monitoring, monitoring certain things. Like, uh, I just got a new phone, and uh, like a new Android phone, and one of the things that is just on as a default is this thing called Google Now. And Google Now... Uh, figures out what you're up to and offers you helpful suggestions for it. Like, uh, I was, uh, on my PC, uh, looking into this loft board game, uh, place in Ottawa, which is really cool. If you happen to be in Ottawa, go check it out. It's amazing. But then my phone pops up this little th notification that said, it'll take you 45 minutes by bus to get to the loft. And I'm like, I never told you I was going to the loft phone. How Son do you know this? <laughs> it's creepy. It was creepy. Now, obviously, like, the way it works is that, that Chrome shares, not just your bookmarks, but your history and everything else like that. It all goes back and forth, but you start to realize uh, how much information is, is being shuttled around and, and how many little worker robots are, are looking at everything. Yep. Well, you know what? Did you ever? Pl did I ever play with you a game called Polish That Turd? Did I ever play that game with you? No. Uh, Does that sound familiar? 
well, I mean, it sounds like a familiar thing you said. I don't know if yeah. we played a quote-unquote game around it. Polish That Turd is one of those games where I have, I think I have the uncanny ability that if you give me something that is really negative, with the exception of a few, I have a veto on that, by the way. Yeah. Because <laughs> people can really pull some nasty shit on you. But for the most part, I can play this game where I can take a spin on almost anything. A real big spin. So let me, let me play a little Polish That Turd game for you, yeah. if it makes any sense. For the people out there that have a, a long view, all right, I would say that all of this surveillance is going to be really useful for anthropologists, if that's any comfort. <laughs> They're going to know exactly how people in your time lived and what they liked. I mean, I, just, I was noticing my, my, like my, the, the, my YouTube playlist which uh, would bore most people, honestly. I, I watch a lot of lectures, I guess. I guess I am boring. But uh, not only that, but there's a whole bunch of other things. And I'm like, if you read my YouTube playlist history, you would know a lot about me. Mm-hmm. A lot about me. And that's just one little area. I think that Google knows everything they need to know about me. I feel I like, uh, for, for, for what Google knows, they still do a terrible job of advertising. Uh, same with Facebook. Facebook <laughs> is, true. Facebook is fucking pathetic at what they decide to show me as a sponsored thing in my feed. They got my mom. I still get Christian dating. I get Christian dating. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Come on. Atheist? Good atheist. Come on. <laughs> well, maybe, get it together. Maybe they want to uh, convert you or maybe they just want, uh, some really terrible dating to go down. That's true. Maybe they're just saying something. The way to convert people or deconvert them, if you will, is through the power of dating. And you're like, that the Christians do this. This is called, uh, uh, um, what do they call again? Jesus, uh, dating for Jesus or something terrifying. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if anybody ha- out there has any story related to this. If you do, please send them over. I would love to hear if any a, any horror stories of some, someone saying, so by the way, all this time I'm... I've been secretly trying to get a conversation with you about Jesus Christ. Whoo! That's going to put a damper on the evening. <laughs> what do you, What do you say to that? Hi, I need to get out of here right now. I I I, I I'm not quite sure what I would say because I border on the that that whole. I could devastate you at this moment. You know, I do this for a living, so you have to be careful. You're like a Jedi. You don't want to go around just fucking blowing people's minds. You know I used to do that, right? You remember that, Ryan? Yeah. Remember that, Jacob? We used to have to limit the kind of people you could hang out uh, with because you would uh, you would take it too far. I would. I mean, it's if there was an evil superpower that I have, it's to unravel people in a very serious way. I, I mean, uh, it's a good thing I'm not a bad guy. Or maybe I am. I'm not sure. <laughs> the history hasn't uh, determined one way or another yet. Right. And even if it does, does it make the right call? Right? I mean, the, the history of, uh, of all the bad guys we know, going back, like... Or, or the people that, let's say, you know, <laughs> the winners always write history. So who's the bad guy? You know, we go through that line. We just don't know. We just don't know. Mm. At the very least, I, here, here's how I rank the bad guy. Who did a lot of murdering? It might be the bad guy. Who did the most murdering? That, that, yeah. That's sometimes what you got to qualify. Because, uh, I mean, you know, historically, I think they would say, you know, looking at the most uh, the most recent batch of history, 
Um, right now, the terrorists are the bad guys. Back in the day, it was like the Red Scare and the communists and stuff like that. And uh, and yeah, the communists killed like a lot of people. At least the uh, Soviet Bolsheviks and and uh, and that whole that whole thing. Stalin used to you know regularly migrate his population and kill uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of them. Uh, that that happened. Yeah, the road but, of bones, uh, it, like that's a real thing. Then again, when you look closer into American history, you've got all that South American stuff, and man, uh, we were dicks down there. I have no idea how, why they haven't, uh, why there's not just like kind of like a jihadi movement down there to wipe out America uh, after all the shit that we've done, all the stuff that's just common knowledge. It's not even nobody tries to hide or deny it anymore. They're like, yeah, we did that. Sorry, Nicaragua. Sorry about that. My bad. Yeah. Sorry, Venezuela. You could. There, there are two ways that you could look at it. First, I would say that there are some individuals that say that the United States is a two-headed monster that says you sorry when they crush you with their boot. Another could say that you know what, in the world of real politic with a K, there's not a lot of easy answers. And truthfully, I'm not. You know, I used to be in the camp when I was in my twenties. I was definitely in the camp of saying. You can easily identify the bad guy by the one who pulls the trigger. <clears throat> and now, you, what I would suggest to you is that there's lots of bad guys that can look like good guys and never pull a trigger. And that leads me to uh, our first topic, which is Jim Jones. Uh, Definitely who, pulled the trigger, though. He, he had other people pull the trigger, well, I mean, but he didn't shoot anybody. I mean, he didn't shoot anybody, but he, he literally, like, as far as the trigger goes, he told people to drink the Kool-Aid. He poisoned the Kool-Aid. He, right, exactly. But here's the thing. Did you ever listen to the audio tapes of him when he's talking about everybody who's, you know, like, he's like, let's open up the conversation, everybody. But first, let's give everyone a history. Let's give everyone a history. If you're not familiar with Jonestown, I mean, it's a rare breed that listens to the show that may not be aware, but let's do our... I don't know. Jonestown is definitely an old reference. I mean, it it still gets used used to a certain degree. I mean, uh, drink the Kool-Aid is is like a a, a term uh, pretty much anybody in a business environment recognizes. Uh, If you drink drink the Kool-Aid, then you you just swallow the corporate uh, synergy bullshit line. uh, Corporate, yeah, exactly. Which is a... Here's the here's the question: Is that a marketing tragedy for Kool Aid, which was not used in the drink, but rather flavor aid, <laughs> the less popular drink? Uh, and so, you know, we remember Kool Aid. We remember Kool Aid. Is that, that's the that's a horrible. Sorry, Kool Aid. It was a bad day for Kool Aid. They had to tone down <laughs> the Kool Aid brand commercials day. for a while. They were too explicit. It was Kool Aid Man was too forceful about it, and it just brought back too many uh, iffy memories. You know what, though? It was probably just a dark day for all flavored drinks. Just a, <laughs> all flavored drinks that day suffered equally, or maybe not equally, but Flavor Aid also probably quite suffered, which may be why it's not popular. But, okay, let's go back, and let's talk about a charismatic preacher named Jim Jones. And in the 1970s, or you know, late 60s, there was a lot of turmoil in the States. It was a, it, it was a time of great division and great racial strife, like... In the old days, remember? <laughs> Those things are done. Yeah. Anyways, it, and a lot of people were legitimately afraid. Uh, they saw a system that had already seen the assassination of a m- number of politicians that had promised reform. They had been killed. You know, uh, Jack Kennedy. We talk about John F. Kennedy's assassination a lot, but Jack Kennedy's assassination was by far for America the biggest tragedy ever. 
because his little brother, Jack Kennedy's little brother, was uh, pretty conservative until the the you know some of the tragedy that happened to his family. He really w- wanted to push for change. He was the one that announced the uh, the assassination of uh, Martin Luther King because they thought that if he announced it, it would calm people down and there wouldn't be uh, race riots and uh, complete chaos on the streets. That's how, that's the that's how f- fearful people were back then. So let, that's the mindset. Now we have the mindset. We need the understanding to understand why this kind of thing happened, right? It's necessary because uh, we don't have a memory of history at all. That's the thing we don't have. So, uh, yeah, that's the, that, that, that's the circumstances that you find yourself. So here comes Jim Jones, who's uh, – so after all these assassinations and, and there's a repressive government that just wants to silence people, the students are rioting and getting killed, you know – Anyways, so he says we're going to create a utopia where there's no racism and we're going to build this in a community uh, in Ghana and hundreds of miles away from the nearest tiny town there. Very hard to get to. And a thousand people move there because it's he's a fucking crazy charismatic guy who talks suspiciously, by the way, like Martin Luther King. Have you listened to his sermons? I hear he had kind of like a, a white guy... not. No. It sounds so racist. But you had like a white guy doing the black preacher thing. Thing. Yeah. Well, he wasn't really a white guy. What, Jim Jones? Like, yeah. He was white. Let me let me tell you. When you look at him, I see I see I see a mixed ancestry. What, what does white mean to you, man? That, what what a term again you know with what? no in, historical in, in, context. In that time, he looks he would look Italian, which even at that time would be like you're a stupid ass minority with your dark hair. Look, in the sixties and seventies, you Irish know looks. if you're white or black, it's pretty fucking self evident. He was white, right? Okay, so he was white, but and, and I think that this is also part of what made you know like so he he's white. He takes on the language. And the you know the charisma of that group, and he does a lot of what you know, like Peter Popov in those days, where they perform like fake miracles, you know, like the Benny Hinn, the the the, the variety of that scammer. He was like those guys. He was making money at that, but I think that it, there there may have been a part of him that was also you know, like we're going to start a socialist revolution because there's such animosity towards communism in the United States that we are a persecuted minority. And therefore, we're going to move away. For there ever to be a persecuted minority feeling, there needs to be a certain degree of persecution. And if you're, I think, a communist uh, at that time, you probably were legitimately persecuted. And he had a lot of black people uh, there, too. He was uh, one, one of his uh, defining characteristics was he had a very mixed uh, congregation. And, uh, you know, back in that time, that was that was very rare. And uh, straight, not strangely enough, but it was... Uh, you know, one of those things about him that 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 kind of set him apart. It was a, a sign, of, like one of, one of the weird good things. This is a guy that there was there was good things and bad things about what he did because he did do a lot of that social justice stuff. He campaigned for a lot of different things, and he'd bring his congregation, and they would fight for a bunch of uh, what we would consider really important and good causes. Right, and this is this is kind of the thing where where I'm I'm trying to get. Like I, when I was watching this really great documentary, well, it's it's a combination of documentary and uh, reenactment, which you know you've already said, Ryan, that you're not usually a big fan of that. Ah, the recreations, <laughs> man! I watch too many bad recreations on the Learning Channel. All right, all right, all right. I understand, or the History Channel when they try to do history. Oh God! 
Oh god, let's put you let's put you really Mr. Clean in a really shitty Roman outfit on a horse and let's film you for an hour. <laughs> and and assume that's enough footage of the Roman Empire. But yeah, okay. So it can be crappy at times, but the guy who played Jim Jones was spot on. You kind of forgot that he wasn't Jim Jones, and he looked a bit like Bill Odenkirk, you know, the Better Call Saul guy. Yeah. Anyways, he looked freaky, but so I was watching this, and I was really trying to understand the motivation of everybody and what the hell was behind this. Because if you just try to pretend that, oh, everyone's brainwashed, then you're a simpleton. The, the concept of brainwashing is a very, very simplified view of how people can be influenced to do things. I mean, it's not to say that you can't influence the people's brain, but you can only do this if you're manipulating aspects of their lives that are truly... Sad, tragic, or, you know... <laughs> what were these people? They were hopeful, right? They wanted, a, they wanted a socialist revolution. They were the people that, when you read comments from people on the right, they're like, well, you're a good commie is a dead commie. Sounds like pretty good persecution material to oh, me. These were people that were, uh, you know, they weren't just saying we want change. They were willing to devote their lives to it. I, th You know, they're in a sense... That's that's kind of I don't know if a lot of people have that degree of bravery to say I'm going to abandon everything and do this, and it's not just because some charismatic guy made them, you know, believe they had to have those beliefs in themselves in the first place. So when we understand charismatic people, the first thing we have to understand is that they speak to elements of our own lives that uh, you, we identify with, and I think that what he talked about, like what you said, social justice crusading for that, those are things that you can easily get behind. And that means that they're very easy to manipulate. Very easy. And this is kind of like one of those things when you look at this, you realize that any movement is capable of this. This, by the way, is true of us as atheists. If you think that that's in, that is impossible, well, then I think that you're very naive. I think that you just don't see that a lot of times movements get out of hand because... Man, they have a tendency of doing that. They become ex they become exclusive. They they you know they they throw people out. They they begin to have feelings of paranoia, persecution, and those are all bad signs. The solutions are rarely to isolate these people because I think that you know and or and to to uh, what's we're looking for <laughs> to promote that isolation. And in a sense, we kind of do that like in a really just just like imagine your Facebook feed how many people on your Facebook feed agree with everything you think just as in you know just a list of friends or whatever if you post something really controversial how many people would unfriend you or at the very least unfollow you that that super secret unfriending where they don't have to look at your stupid uh, your, your, your stupid world news daily articles that you post you idiot yeah well the the thing I I I, I love the internet you know this. I I've been on the Internet's balls forever. I always wanted to make a living on the Internet, which is kind of like saying I wanted to, uh, you know, make a living uh, finding, prospecting gold in California in the 1800s. Similar lifestyles. <laughs> Except there isn't that whole, like, uh, you know, there's go down to California, pan for gold, find gold, profit. Ours is more like go on the Internet, do something, something, Internet, question mark, profit. Okay, right, but why don't you step in my office, Ryan, and I'm gonna, we're going to play a game again called Polish That Turd. Oh Can yeah. I polish that turd Round with two. you? 
All right, round two, polish that turd. This is a bit of a tangent, but I'll polish the turd for you. Is that you're like, I've been prospecting for gold and I get nothing. You're thinking, you're not thinking in the long game. You have absolutely no idea the consequences of the things you've done now. Of course not. Because what you're not prospecting for, when you're prospecting for gold, what you've done is, imagine you invented uh, an atom of gold that only replicates itself every two hours. Right, this one little atom. And you're just sitting there and you're like, oh man, what a waste. Oh man, it's going to take forever. Yeah, but it grows over time. Just give it some fucking time, man. You just don't know. Do you need a message from your future self being like, chill out, man. You may not know what you've done. Just putting, I'm polishing that turd for you, man. Mm. <laughs> That's as equally true as you're wasting your time and no one's going to give a shit. <laughs> Definitely a more optimistic so. view. Well, I'm I'm gonna choose one. Well, I wasn't and I wasn't because, I wasn't uh, saying that was my actual belief. I was just uh, you know putting right, it right. into comedic uh, into a comedic way. I understand. Well, I still have to polish my turds whenever I see them because there's lots of different ways that you can see something, and you know sometimes even like we 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 as atheists I would say are not accustomed to discussing things about belief without evidence very often, but those things still have power. Okay. For example, if I if I say, "Hey, I want to write a book about, you know, like rewriting the Bible, and I need everybody to just believe in me and just give me a whole bunch of money and I'm going to do it." Right? Um, well, at the end of the day, there still needs to be a certain amount of belief. I'd like to think that there was some evidence that I could do this, but a book is very different from any other project that, you know, writing a blog is maybe good practice, but it's not the same as writing a book. It's it, it takes a lot a different kind of mentality, let's just say. So, I think that people still have to believe that this is what happened. So, I think that that concept makes us uncomfortable because we know that as soon as we mention things like belief, the religion be like, religious people be like, Haha, you're just like us, you're rational. <laughs> uh, it makes that conversation really fucking annoying, right? You just don't even want to have it. Because you're just like, um, no, don't equate the slight irrationality I'm willing to have with your complete fucking lack of sense. You know? Because mm-hmm. when you're trying to believe in a project that you're doing, yeah, a lot of times you're going to need to have sort of like this little belief engine that the religious people manipulate. You just kind of kind of believe, you know, with that big B. Have some hope. But holy shit, is that really hackable? And... I think that's what the Jonestown people really had. I think they had a lot of hope for the future. They thought that they could build a, 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 a socialist utopia where there would be no racism. And does, maybe that makes them naive, but holy shit, you know, there's a lot of innocent, sweet people that died. These weren't just regular people. I almost see them as the biggest victims of all. They were the non-cynical ones that just wanted to believe in something new. Talk about fucking tragic, right? Yeah, it's not like uh, you know some other cults where the, the ones that died in the shootout were the were the ones with the guns or something like that. All all these people were, uh, yeah. You, you watch the documentaries, and uh, you hear the tales of the people, and you hear some of the stories of the of the very minimal survivors. Not a lot of people made it out of that one. Oh no, they didn't. And uh, yeah, they like across the board. They all just seem like really nice people, and you feel really bad for them uh, uh, for for what happened to them. And, uh, just well, you also feel you, you feel like I, I was so not torn, but there was this one guy who had been there who, whose son had stayed behind. He was one of the rare survivors, and 
you know, part of his whole weird, you know, mentality is that, well, if I go back, my son's black and he's going to keep facing this prejudice that just doesn't seem like it'll ever go away. And so he's better off here, so I'll just, you know, when things maybe are settled, I'll come back. And that just fateful decision, you know, still haunts him. You can see it in his eyes because his son's dead. They just, they gave him that flavored drink and uh, they were the first ones to be killed. And uh, those kids knew that they didn't want to go, but you can bet that there was some violence done on them. The first victims, really, of the insanity. And, and, and like I'm saying, I mean, like, well, my God, where does that come from? Well, it comes from a part of us that I think that, you know, I think atheists like to deny that part. Like, it doesn't fucking exist. That you can't manipulate the hope of people. The fuck you can't. I don't care if you don't believe in the supernatural. Holy shit. You know, you can be manipulated. Oh, yeah. You can easily be manipulated. Of course, with that said, you're less vulnerable. That's the good news. Let's polish that turd. <laughs> because the real vulnerability lies in the people that believe in things without you know, complete evidence, that are just manipulated through the easy religious rhetoric. Like, if you listen to the stuff that they were saying when they were debating whether they're not killing themselves, it's always masking that little romantic poetry that religion likes to sort of, like, use. Well, we'll find peace. Peace. You mean you'll find oblivion, you know? You won't find peace. There's no peace in oblivion. According to you, if we want peace, let's just blow up this fucking planet. Well, that's the... We'll have peace. One of the aspects that, that that's kind of hard to grasp. You know, listening to this program, you're probably an atheist unless you're like, I don't know, you're a Christian that, that's... You're like the 1% who just listens out of weird... Curiosity. Yeah, some kind of weird self-punishing flagellation or something like that. Maybe they think they can save us. They're just waiting for that moment. They're like, aha! I can finally prove Buddha, Jesus, Allah, fairy man. <laughs> but this is, uh, this is one of the things that we have a hard time understanding is, you know, the, the, the power of these people's belief. Because, you know, being a Canadian, we've, I, I've said this before, it, it's hard for me to understand what a lot of people from down south who are in a really religious state go through if they say I'm an atheist and then you know uh, 60 or 70 or 80 percent of the population shuns them for it because fuck that guy <laughs> fuck that atheist guy uh, and it's hard he's a rapist hard of, of babies that's what they think <laughs> they really think well we're down there like we're we're right on par with the Islamic fundamentalists as far as all of those uh those polls go so that that's pretty bad but in, in the same way it's hard for us to understand you know the idea that these people really believe that god exists and there is an afterlife and i mean jim jones was pulling stuff off uh during his sermons he, he would have you know the old lady who can't walk and then he lays his hands on her and she walks and people be like wow and sure it was a lady who could walk who was like the accountant for the for the for the church who is uh tricking everybody but uh, who knows that uh, you know, these people actually had some 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 rock solid faith, and they had a whole bunch of magical juju to to, to base it on. Well, who wants to question it when it's happening? You know, a, a lot of times when something amazing happens, is your first instinct, and I mean instinct, to say, "Well, it probably didn't happen the way that I think it happened." No, you just want to be like, "I witnessed something amazing, something important happened when I was around me." An insignificant little fucking ant amongst what? How many other billions of people? Well, by the way, if you've ever wondered, sort of like the proliferation of the selfie is a, entirely a reflection of the feelings of our own insignificance. Not necessarily, hey, I, I want to be commented on and you know 
fawned on. No, I just think it's like I was here. I think that's the real thing behind it. And and in a sense, you know, if the internet is as important as we keep saying it is, it's the one place where you know you could probably put yourself that will last as long as possible. Huh. I guess I can't blame people. As uh, as somebody who's been on the internet since 1996, let me tell you what you put up is not permanent. I used to have a whole bunch of websites. My Nine Inch Nails interview archive is gone, completely gone. No, it's not. Because the joke is, it's somewhere you just don't have really access to it. But there are people who are backing up that shit and storing all the stupid crap you made. It's just that it won't be accessible to you. It'll be accessible to maybe some archaeologist who will think that you're a talentless actor. Or some government body that decides that I'm a uh, undesirable. Well, honestly, if you're the thing is, you're more guaranteed to, to be able to find your the naked pictures of yourself because those have a higher priority. Well, I I have those out so, there. They, those do exist. Yeah. Maybe, uh, like everybody, it will exist. The only difference is I really don't care. I mean, I'm not like Geraldo here. You show a little. You show my little. Stupid ass, sexy selfie. I'm not really gonna give a shit. Yeah, well, wait until you run for I don't know, prime minister of Canada, and someone uh, someone puts up a picture that you took of of your asshole because you were trying to shave your butt hair, and then say you want this man for your prime minister. That's game over, sir. Tru- Checkmate. Truthfully, Checkmate. some of the th- truthfully some of the things that I have said in the past are far worse than this. So I'm actually less frightened by the images of my body. I actually would rather somebody do this because I can polish that turd. I can just use sort of like this is classic body shaming uh, and all the other kinds of arguments. I can't argue against some of the nasty things I've said in the past. That I did say those things. So I'm far more uh, you know, terrified of my own audio <laughs> than anything else. Fair. Mama, that's really... It's picking up, by the way. Garbage bag. <laughs> it's okay. Are you making your mom creep around there quietly? She was creeping around. It's my room. It's creeping around. Okay. She's picking up a garbage thing. <laughs> like, not now. It's editing work now. <clears throat> but, okay, so... Now we have the... So we, we... Do we have more perspective on the Jim Jones? Well, I feel like we're jumping around a little bit on him. You know, we, we've given a, a, a quick overview. He was the guy that, uh, that basically took everybody down to Africa and then had them drink Kool-Aid and kill themselves right, uh, right. Via, via persecution complex. All right. So now we have the, the context of the thing, right? Now we know the story. They shot a, a congressman who had gone there to, you know, see what the situation was like. And it was... You know, it's really terrifying once people have kind of locked in to this mentality. And I think that their mentality was definitely, well, whatever awaits us next is just far worse than what death could be. And this is this is the thing that always makes me so terrified of religions, because they are death cults. And that's what makes them so easily easy to manipulate. You know, there's a number of people, like, I would love to go out of a survey and say, hi, have you ever thought of just, you know... Ending it all. No? Okay. Well, you're the rarity. Because, I, I, you know, there's a, there's a, I think there, there's a part of any human being that, even in your own brain, that's going to say, I'm going to check out before things get horrible. Like, you ever wonder why some people survive certain tragedies and other people don't? I think there was a part of their brain that probably said, fuck it, you're going to survive, regardless of how much pain you suffer, bitch. <laughs> there's some people who have easier off switches than others. 
some people that uh, you know this is how they're built. So it's kind of like pain can make you turn your die switch on, or and it's not always just kind of like physical pain. Emotional pain can be manipulated, and that's what you know. I think that these highly sensitive people probably you know when you listen at least to the audio, from the amount of torment they were put being put through by this person, you know, like nightly raids they would have, like oh we're being under attack, you know, fear tactics constantly being applied. Man, who wants to live in constant fear, right? Yeah, and uh, keep in mind all these people are basically deep into that cult lifestyle. Apparently they were all sleep deprived. Uh, there was a system like of, in, of informants uh, living amongst each other to, to try and keep you know, uh, radical thought or, or, or maybe in this case uh, traditional thought. Like maybe I should go home and uh, you know, return to society. Keep all that, uh, keep all that out. Right, and when you realize just how far away from society was, just an impossibility. Just impo- it, it makes you just so sad that it's it's that easy to manipulate the hopes and dreams of so many people in dark times. And I think that we got we have to kind of realize that you know, like certain times mean that individuals will be vulnerable, and the people that you dislike, let's say religious fundamentalists, love that kind of environment. It's like they thrive, man. Oh, there's a disaster? Alrighty, let's grab our Bibles. There's going to be plenty of sad people that we can just bring on over to our fold. Oh, uh, the, just like, the modern human condition is a lie and feels completely unnatural. Let's uh, let's go and uh, and do something about that. Yep. So, it, 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 <laughs> we've always been struggling with how do we uh, how do we beat that message? You know? Oh, you're worried about death? Don't worry, you live forever in a magical dreamland. And then our version, which is, nope, you got to just deal with death and its terrifying reality. <laughs> we still don't have the better cell. Regardless of whether Stephen Fry narrates it or not, by the way, which I didn't, did you see that uh, video I posted on the fan page? It's quite delightful. Uh, I saw it, I did not watch it. It's worth it. It's like Stephen Fry narrating about our fear of death and how we need to overcome it, and it's just, you know, it makes you feel warm inside. But you also realize that if you were just willing to not care about the truth, you know, living forever with my loved ones in a castle where I own everything I've ever dreamed? Possibly Oof. virgins, depending on uh, which faction yeah, which of uh, religion you, you belong to. Sex, because I'm going to die of virgins, since, uh, you know, I'm strapping myself at a young age to this while I'm still highly impressionable. Boy, yep. Well, let's never kid ourselves that we have the harder sell, all right? Let's never do that. <laughs> <laughs> we we pride ourselves on our honesty, don't don't we? Isn't that what kind of being a non-believer is? For, I, I'm not even going to say atheist because I, I was just reading how some people still dislike that label. Fine, you just don't believe in that. But let's not kid ourselves. We have the harder fucking pitch, right? Yeah, all, all you agnostics still sitting on the fence there who just don't want to call yourself an atheist because, uh, you know, the word's not being poisoned, but, uh, yeah, it's not polling well. So, uh, you know, if you don't want to be a uh, Milwaukee Brewers fan, <laughs> fine. Keep on uh, cheering for the New York Yankees. Yeah. Well, but, you know, the, you realize also, I don't know what the percentage of the people who listen to the show are made up of those who were never meant to believe you know, even Epicurus talks about these people. 
the ones that you just could never fucking get to think. Oh, Zeus is up there. Uh huh. Oh, Uhura Mazda's deciding the fate of the universe. Uh huh. Yeah, sure he well, is. We could do we could do an entire series of shows on 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 you know the root of what atheism is and 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 how people associate agnostic who are actually or at least functionally atheists because we all agree that. Uh, you know, if if you're basically saying that the modern gods that exist, uh, aka the the Abrahamic God or or Muhammad, and and I guess he's still Abrahamic as well. Yeah, the the Abrahamic gods. If they, if you believe that those are bullshit, and that everything that these churches are saying is not true, then you might as well be atheistic because that's the only religion that we need you to uh, you know say you don't believe in in order for you to come around onto our side unless you're really crazy and you're you're into some 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 strange i don't know reptile people control the world type stuff <laughs> yeah then please go away yes yes just go away Take, uh do something else yeah focus on that fan club uh don't 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 try to bring that fan club and and like make it a sub club of the atheism club Right, and you know what? I can't polish that turd for those people. I would just say that a, a lot of the atheism scene is made up of extremely intelligent people that will chew your ass out. So don't, don't you know, cause yourself any heartache. If you've got weird fringe belief, don't just don't come in here. I mean, I'm not going to be the one that's going to be throwing stones. Uh, I'm going to let somebody else do that. It's got way more free time. <laughs> but they're out there. They correct you on things. I should know. Even when fans write in, they're like, by the way, you made that mistake. I love you. And I just feel like always saying to those people, be like, I understand where that comes from, but when I say thank you for your concern, I don't also say, where's that TPS report, bitch? I heard from your boss that you didn't produce that on time. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm not aware of your flaws. You're entirely aware of mine. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Don't start, don't start a nice letter of saying I like you by pointing out the flaws. You can do that at the end. I'm much more open. Just don't open with it. This is rude. I don't be like, by the way, you've gained like 10 pounds way more fat than you should, Jake. But you look great. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. I like the, the, the Facebook uh, the Facebook comments where they say, wow, you look, uh, you look great. Uh, you look much better than you used to. You look healthy and you look not fat now. I'm like, hmm. I, I saw what wasn't said there. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I chose to say nothing because I'm like, you know what? The only thing that I can say is, "Hey, I like that picture." And the secret, the, nice the secret usually say. is, "Hey, it was just a good angle. I'm just as fat and unhealthy and disgusting as I always was." Truth is, he looks great in red. Or if he's around red, red takes off ten pounds with this man. <laughs> Did I say ten? I'm in a hundred. He's a he's a giant still. He's a, he's a massive land monster. No, come on, don't you don't be don't be modest. That's not fair. That's not fair. I'm just joking. The picture is not all lie. Once again, don't uh, don't take my uh, my jokes for uh, some sort of wallowing self hate or anything. The self hate is there, but uh, not in these ways. It's true, but you know, you I, here's the thing I have to say though. Um, I'm only hypersensitive these days, only because uh, man, things are looking you know just dark in the world. I'm just trying to be like hypersensitive. Well, that's uh, tying know. into the Jim Jones thing. I've been reading a lot of articles online about how. Uh, there's a lot of uh, surprisingly legitimate outlets kind of saying it's a good thing there's no Hitler uh, because uh, he would really run the show. <laughs> Things are getting kind of fascist, 
And uh, if the right person came along to tap into to some of that, uh, like, like let's take a look at uh, some of that right wing hate. And uh, some of us look at it and say that it's a uh, you know the last dying kicks of the conservative movement. But on the other hand, but they've never been to Greece. <laughs> they've never been to Greece. Yeah, if they say well, yeah, the, what, what's going on over there is kind of scary, and uh, and what I think is going on going on uh, in, in a lot of parts of America, where you see, uh, look at the hate that people feel for for these for these poor unfortunate kids that are coming up from South America who are trying to bust into America because uh, it's a war zone in the South because of the war on drugs, uh, and uh, you know if you get deported back from America back down into Mexico, you're liable to be kidnapped and then executed if you uh, don't have somebody who's willing to, to pay your, your ransom. It's, it's literally a nightmare. It's a, it's a horror movie. People are being melted in drums down there. And uh, the only thing we care about is, are these kids being put in cages in, in a high enough number? And is, this, is there any way we can be harsher so that our tax dollars don't go to any of these kids and it's uh when you when you see stuff like that you kind of realize how on the edge we could be because these are human beings and the only reason we treat them like this is because they happen to not be american citizens and you see that litmus test coming up on the internet more and more all throughout the snowden revelations you heard people talking about you know well if this wasn't an american citizen then they don't have their constitutional rights and they're therefore you know it doesn't matter what we what we do to them and uh, and that's a very disturbing way of thinking of things that has become a, uh, you know, a reoccurring theme across media. And, and across, like, this isn't some fringe thing. This, these, these, are, these are the mainstream news outlets that are, that are positing things like this. And when that happens, that just becomes people's mode of thought. Uh, you know, uh, thought memes that are going out. And a lot of these thought memes that are going out right now, especially on the right, uh, the, the, on, on the right are, are kind of ter- terrifying and fascist. You know, not to not to not to yeah. call everybody a Hitler. You know, once once you start equating things to uh, to Hitler, you've already lost the argument. Is how they say. But what what happens then when you see sort of fascist Hitlery things going on? You can't call you can't call a spade a spade. You can't call a Hitler a Hitler. Right. Well, the word it, it, it's basically lost all meaning. There's a couple of problems actually with. Here's what I would say is the. The, my, the major issue with Hitler's Germany is that if you look at all other fascist movements throughout Europe at that time, because it's not just ooh, the Nazi party, that's, that was one far-right party in Germany and parts of Austria, but there's other far-right uh, parties that were entirely far-right Christian, and specifically Christian. Right now, I, I think I had mentioned this one on one of the shows that the Catholic Church in uh, one of their Vatican Bank or you know the Institute of Religious um, Works, I think they call it, their big scam. They there were almost a million Orthodox Christians that had been murdered and their possessions taken in a very similar fashion that say another religious minority. It's not just one that suffered, but you know it, it seems that in everybody's mind we've already we just see it in a very Oh, it was the Jews, right? The Jews were put in Holocaust camps. That was it. You're like, no, it was just kind of everybody who wasn't this very specific Christian right religion. And Orthodox Jews are, I mean, Orthodox Christians are very different. They're Eastern Christian guys. They they even have different... Different hats. Uh, different hats <laughs> and different time for Eastern shit. Cooler beards. And, and their Pope's not called a Pope. He has a different name. I don't know what the fuck he's called. Is he called. the Mega Pope? 
He's not. No, he's not. That would be cool. But it would be cool if there was like a Transformers style. Like, at one Orthodox. point, there were multiple popes. I think at the time, like the one, the time where there were most popes, it may have been two or three. I'm not sure where people were vying for the throne. But eventually, you know, one side just abandoned the name, but never really abandoned the same kind of, you know, structure that popes like to build. But regardless. It's it's just it, these were religious conflicts. Like even the Serbian, Bosnian, these were just this words words that we use to separate religious conflicts because we just never really wanted to talk about them. But in any case, if you looked at most of the fucking fascist movements, they all shared one thing in common: is that they were on the religious right. They were conservative religious movements that. You know, and Germany had a little bit more paganism than the rest of them. And that's kind of why it's not recognizable as just a mutated form of Christianity, you know. And so it's different. And then when you, if you're able to really easily ignore everything else about fascism and just say, well, the, these fascists who had a name that was called National Socialist, so in the minds of everyone, socialism means fascism. And that's how you create the greatest fucking con in history, which means that the fascist movements that are occurring right now, and supported by the religious right, you know, who would support the fascist movement in that are currently happening in Europe, there's no distinction between that and the kind of stuff that was happening during the Second World War, where all of a sudden, oh yeah, lots of uh, in, uh, people were completely cool with Hitler. Yeah, I like his style. <laughs> and you're just like, oh man... What a terrifying fucking reality. Just And due to what? Historical blindness, again. You can always count on that, by the way. Count on history being blind. Well, modern history. I feel like, uh, you know, give, give it more than 150 years and we start to get relatively objective about it because, uh, you know, or at the very least, uh, it, it becomes ideologically clear because whichever ideology is battling with another one has won out and that that's the prevailing thought at that point you can uh, you could say with certainty that this is the way it was because uh, anybody that says differently is dead all right well let me ask you a question how many fucking people do you think in the globe right now would say that hitler was an all right guy uh okay well there's conservatively there's a couple let's just say that yeah well, let's just say that a significant portion of Malaysia sure did. Remember when the Germany won? They were like, Heil Hitler. They thought this was a compliment. They were like, Hitler was great, right? You guys love it as much as we do? You love Hitler? And you're like, holy shit. Holy shit. I like, uh, every so often you see those stores up in Pakistan called Mr. Hitler's or, or something like that. Oh, yeah, no, I've seen that, yeah. And, and, and there's something almost quaint about, about those because uh, to a certain degree it's like they, they don't even understand it. It's like... Uh, when they when they make a Spider-Man backpack uh, w- with Batman written on it, it's 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 cute. They don't they don't know any better. It's uh, it's not an informed uh, it's not an informed hatred. <laughs> yeah, they really don't understand uh, what the fuck. Like, but I mean, what do you expect? How are we supposed to really teach history and expect anybody to sort of assume even that what we're teaching is objective, right? Because it's very difficult to be objective when it comes to history. Like I said before, we began the conversation with that, right? How do you how do you become objective? Who do you determine is the bad guy? I mean, there were many people. I think that uh, uh, Robert S. McNamara was talking about this, where he said after the war we all ta- told each other that we would be tried as war crimes if we lost, and there would be no way to defend what we had done. You know, we would we would be trialed, we would be jailed, and then but. 
Robert S. McNamara got to have a nice retirement and live out his whole life and be in an Academy Award-winning movie to talk about the lessons of history. To try and justify the things moments. that he did. Right. And you're just kind of like, man, that's... I mean, or, or imagine that a guy who even Christopher Hitchens had tried to topple is, uh, you know, Henry Kissinger. He's alive and well at 92! Jesus Christ. So, I mean, Christopher Hitchens dead, but his old enemy is still alive. And and uh, he lived... You know, Henry Kissinger, you don't know this, but he probably uh, had more uh, of the hottest women that ever lived than you will ever know. <laughs> that, was a, that was a butchering of the English language, but I think I get what your point is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can't justify... I don't even want to use the English language eloquently to t- discuss how much poontang that man I want a, I want some link bait. Check out these ten chicks that uh, Henry Kissinger banged. Henry Kissinger, yeah. He used to say that, I mean, power was an aphrodisiac, and he was a proud swinger. Yes, I like to swing. I mean, that's how he talks about it. Ugh. That's his life. He was a fucking monster, and he got to swing. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to uh, planet Earth. Good, human. good thing when he dies, uh, God is going to mm-hmm. judge him and, oh, yeah. and he'll go to hell and burn. Good thing. Did I mention we have the tough cell? Tough cell. Our hero's gone and Henry Kissinger lives. And Mother Teresa is still one of those words that you use when you're talking about good actions. Well, I'm no Mother Teresa. Oh, you mean someone who's obsessed with suffering and torture and embezzled money and took them from like genocidal monster? You know, away from the people who needed it. Yeah. I'm a Mother Teresa, sure. <laughs> it's an insult to my book. And, fuck, she was an atheist. Can you believe that? Unbelievable. The final insult. Damn, she was a <laughs> Milwaukee Brewers fan. That's uh, That makes me feel like a bad Milwaukee Brewers fan. Well, exactly. But here, I mean, and, and here's where I polish that turd before we go into our second segment. Because I think we're pretty much done here, I suppose. Uh, and I'll polish the story by saying, this is the great thing about non-belief, is that you, it, it's going to encompass a whole bunch of different people. And you just kind of kind of be cool with that, because even though you may not like a lot of what those non-believers are talking about, I want to remind you for fucking five seconds what you're fighting against. Okay, sure. You don't like this fucking fact that this atheist is all about chemtrails. That's annoying as shit. But he's a lot less harmful than the guy who's like, let's go to Ghana, we're going to start a new civilization where we shoot people and take some Kool-Aid. You know? Choose your enemies, is what I'm saying. Don't eat yourselves before you go after your enemy. And uh, that's probably the lesson of the day. Choose your enemies wisely. Because there's so many of them out there. You just don't even realize... But I'm just so busy. It's a weird lesson to be learned from this uh, this segment. I feel like uh, I, I feel like we just interpretive jazzed uh, the Jim Jones story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, I think people should watch. Uh, I mean, there's a number of good documentaries on it. Mine was Jonestown Paradise Lost, which if you're Canadian, it's on Netflix. I don't know if you're American. Sometimes you don't have the same content uh, that we do. You so can hack the Matrix and uh, get American Netflix. Do it. It's totally worth it. Apparently a third of all Canadian Netflix users do this, so join the club. I feel bad for the other two-thirds. And apparently almost all Netflix users in Australia use it. In fact, they're so good at it that there's a company there and even in New Zealand that are like network masters because of how much fucking 
you know, internet hacking they got to yeah, do. Yeah, there's multi-million dollar companies out there whose sole uh, product uh, is unlocking the geo-nightmare that uh, people in uh, other regions live in. And I understand yeah. it. Like, uh, every single day, there ain't a day that goes by where there's not a YouTube video uh, that I try to look at that, that is not available for viewing in my country. And uh, that's some, that's some rage-face-worthy stuff. I actually wonder how much uh, adrenaline and just those negative chemicals that are led, lead to aggression. We've all secreted in a goddamn uh, amygdala over this. You know, that's a lot of secretions that could be avoided. Well, what were they, what were they saying about uh, Wikipedia basically being like a really small percentage of, of, of America's TV watching time? Like it, it dwarves... Like, the amount of time it took to, to put together Wikipedia is, like, one one-hundredth of the amount of time that we spent, I don't know, like, uh, putting Q-tips in our ears or something like that. <laughs> right, and a certain percentage of that are actually very sophisticated bots that are doing some of the work. So, uh, yeah, even as Wikipedia grows, we're just farming it out to robots. You know, when I hear all of this talk and be like, oh, no, the robots are going to take over. Well, guess what, you lazy ape? Maybe you deserve to be taken over. Hmm? You ever think of that? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Why don't you... It's called children, right? Like, we're always... Maybe that's what we're afraid of now. We've become very selfish. We're like, I don't want kids. They're going to take me over. They're going to take my shit. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. That's your purpose, bitch. What do you think you were here for? Eternal life? What the fuck is wrong with you? And if it's going to be artificial, I say bring it on. Oh, they're going to take over. They're going to travel space and do all the things you can't do. Well, too bad. They're going to have ten times your brain. Good. Your brain sucks. You can learn things for 20 minutes and you're done. You know? You suck. Your brain sucks. You don't want augments, at least? Huh? Get with the future, bitch. It's, uh, it's a big coin toss as to whether uh, superhumans or supercomputers will uh, enslave and rule over us all. Well, you know, we'll deserve it. We're poisoning ourselves anyway, we so we can't possibly. We suck. At least our representatives suck, and and we suck too much to do anything. No, about we them. just suck all in general. I think it's you know, the everybody has to realize at the end of the day we, we're a little overinflated with ourselves. I mean, you you watch documentaries. What separates us from the apes? We just don't eat our own poo, and we're slightly better at remembering things. And the rest, I'm not quite sure. It's all that great, you know. Can you do what a monkey does? Huh? Like, let's stop being so full of ourselves for fucking five minutes. That's all. I'm just so sick of everybody thinking, oh, by the way, we're done. We, we're, we've, we're perfectly evolved species. Uh, the only thing that we're lacking now is more discipline. <laughs> what? No, we suck. I think we suck. Generally speaking? <laughs> Polish that the, turd, the, buddy. Okay, how do we not suck? Well, for every one person that sucks, there's like... Or, or every hundred people that sucks, one person's really awesome. Would you say? I'd say Probably. I'd say it's definitely better than that. Uh, I, I'd say that most people don't suck. It's just that we're stuck in systems that do. No, but I mean awesome is in like, you know, like those shining. But that's what I mean. They, I'd say like uh, I'd say you go to Africa and you take people out of the uh, the poverties and the hell holes and the uh, and basically the systems that are holding them down and keeping them from being able to do anything. Uh, and uh, you gave them an opportunity to be great, and I would say that uh, you know about eighty percent of them would do great. Another twenty percent would continue to be rapacious uh, assholes and and uh, scum sucking uh, bastards and so right. forth. And they would do great for like forty years, and then their kids would suck. You know, 
They just get used to it, take it for granted, and they would suck. Uh, That's why we suck. We take everything see, for granted. I'll, I'll Don't you take turd. everything for granted? I'll polish that right, turd. Polish Every it, single generation it. is better than the last. Anybody that doesn't I'd think so is... I'd say smarter. No, better. No, I didn't say better. better. I'd say smarter. Better. I'd say smarter, but better. I'm not sure if they would say better. Better. I'd say smarter. Better. Better, better, better. Yeah, you think yeah, so? Yeah, I mean, that whole Greatest Generation stuff, yeah, they fought World War II, and that, that turned out to be a not-shitty war to have to fight, but uh, there's still a bunch of racist, uh, sexist, homophobic uh, jerkwads. Yeah, but the only reason I'm saying the, the way that they're worst, and I think that this is kind of like the nice thing and the horrible thing about millennials, is that they don't see racism. Which is all fine and good, except for you live in the world, real world, where it does exist. And the fact that you don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't. But because they don't see it, you know, it doesn't really affect the way they view the world. They figure, oh no, racism's dead. And that, in a sense, is kind of a problem. It's like. Yeah, but who's, um, hide- who's hiding over? the reality of racism from us? from them it's the the previous generation and when they're in power when all the old people are dead when all the people who are who have been running the government since the 60s finally fucking croak because they've run out of hearts to steal uh then we'll be doing better and we'll continue to do better uh until one of the old assholes blows us up Mm. well did you read that depressing article about what would happen if there was a nuclear winter man who writes that kind of article? I don't need that right now. <laughs> why don't you just... What are you preparing me for? Why don't they polish that like, turd, you know? Why, do, why can't know. they do that? What are you preparing me for? Oh, great. A life of hell and watching the loved ones uh, die. Yeah, yeah, no, I want to I want to stick around. I, I don't want... You know, like those people that prepare, I'm going to just save all of my provisions so I can live this thing out. I mean, like you must be the loneliest person to want to live out the death of everything you've ever cared about. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Nuclear bombs are hitting? Yeah, let me go to the grocery store. They get bullets. <laughs> hey, if you got a Walmart nearby, you're set. Right, it's true. They have everything there. Yay, ready for the apocalypse is Walmart. Uh, in, in fact, if you look at America, it kind of looks like the apocalypse is happening there right now in slow motion, isn't it? Well, the cool thing, well, not the cool thing, but the interesting thing is, uh, you know, when the financial crisis happened and they said, well, we'll have to do this, otherwise the markets will collapse, there was a very clear, you know, numerical, uh, it was an empirical kind of thing that they were able to deal with. And because it was it was like that, it got paid attention to and they quote-unquote fixed it, a.k.a. propped up the rotting, terrible system that, that that's already in place. But... Uh, what's going on uh, on the planet uh, in general to all of the normal people who are outside of the system, there's no real way to quantify that. And therefore, things are going to have to go so wrong before anybody notices that the system is broken and, uh, you know, the average person needs help. Because we've created a system where, you know, you need X amount of dollars every month in order to stay in a home, stay fed, uh, basically so you don't die out on the street. Uh, And... That pool of people who actually can afford to pay that is shrinking and shrinking. Now, where's that tipping point where anybody notices? Oh, there's a problem because, you know, we have that system that doesn't care about the people who can't pay for it, who hide that institutional racism that that keeps all the black people down, that keeps all the minorities out of the country. Uh, So it's going to be an interesting uh, thing to see how this all plays out. As shit gets worse and worse, and uh, you know uh, the generalized mainstream media goes la la la, not paying attention. 
Right, but you see, your your proposed solution sounds more like, I just want this shit to pop, rather than say the the real well, problem. The sooner is it pops, that the better it, it is for everybody because then something. No, will but get I mean, done. do we need popping? I mean, the honest we truth need is pop that and locking. what That's we what need we is need. just really more more dialogue. I, we don't need more fighting. We need just that we need more dialogue because the, I, I think that the problem we have is that I, I, even people who. People don't realize that they're actually agreeing on a lot of things, and it's the, it's the small things that create such a huge rift and a lack of understanding. Okay, let's go. Let's actually talk about those, uh, those Guatemalan immigrants. All right. The, you can say, all right, well, the, these people who are just like, get the fuck out of here, right? Like, you're not welcome. This is the letter of the law. What you realize is that they've been given a easy justification to do something that's dehumanizing, which... We kind of do all the time too, by the way, in other ways. I'll, I'll, we can discuss those ways, but I'll focus on this way one way now and explain that the reason why they feel justified in their actions is because if you're a conservative, for instance, you consider um, equality of opportunity to be the most important thing. And in your view, what say your very limited view, I'm not defending this, but you're, in your view, you're like, these people are going to come in and they're going to change this distribution that we have currently and this is what we don't want where they're going to create an imbalance and an inequity in their view this is a matter of equality it doesn't sound like it to us because we have a very different metric right and this is why we can't talk if we're on the left and we say we, we value human compassion over this idea of equality of opportunity well now you have a problem because you have a different metric of value and you're not talking about the same things anymore and now what you're going to do is you're going to surround yourself with people who believe in exactly the same thing you're going that you believe in further radicalizing yourself it's called group polarization look it up we did a show on it and you're basically guaranteeing conflict there hasn't been this much division in the United States since the civil war where it was slightly lower in terms of you know disagreement and and honestly like you know the one thing i noticed since coming back on the podcast is that you can't have a conversation with people and it not be political even our even this podcast is political because every conversation is about it but my what i'm trying to suggest here even as a movement is that we actually kind of have to remove the politics out of it that's the challenge of our movement because you can't grow if you don't know how to build those bridges we've been very good at segregating ourselves and doing our own little thing. But that's actually going to have to end at some point. And your whole pop theory doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence because let me take you back. Do you remember like the what I told you about in the 19th century there was that great religious revival with the fucking ancestors of uh, the Jehovah Witnesses that thought that the earth uh, was going to end and shit? Sure. Okay. After that didn't pan out, Every every religious neighborhood around there was called the burnt out district. That's what it was called because people were burnt out of religion, and they were you know you could just say there was a bit of a secular revival, and that scared the shit out of a whole bunch of religious people who had a revival and pulled it together and crushed the free thought movement, which was easy to crush at that time because they didn't have technology. <laughs> but you know we're not le- are we any less vulnerable? Like compared to the size and strength of religious movements as an atheist movement, like I think we're pretty vulnerable, and I think our I think the fact that we've we've still have yet to be able to make traction on conservative atheism because it's an entirely progressive movement almost. I think maybe uh, one conservative atheist uh, in the movement right now. Se cup. 
<laughs> well, there was someone who was actually, uh, I think, uh, in a position of, of some authority. Was in the Secular Student Alliance? I forget which organization. I don't want to be quoted on that. But uh, she lost her job. So we now have no one that is on that side. And in a sense, we have no bridge builders. So I'm kind of like, I don't know what to say. Like, I guess the progressive movement has effectively won, but what that means is we've become a more, much more polarized movement and we've become less attractive to the right and the people on that side that would be willing to be like, throw off the God shackles. So, you know, we're a victim of that, of the very things that are happening in American politics. They're dividing things across every single line, regardless of what you believe. Anything you post up now is going to be a political thing, I guarantee you. Well, how about this? Guaranteed. Let's uh, let's start a commune in Africa, and let's start <laughs> over again. It'll work out great. <laughs> i got a great feeling. I know this, uh, yeah. this nice place in Ghana that we can get for really cheap. If only 25% of the listeners come here, we should have enough to get this in Ghana. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. I'm not going to be into Jim Jones. Fuck that shit. I'm not proposing those kinds of solutions at all. And all I'm proposing is the, this idea, actually, that we have to absorb as... Because, you know, I still describe myself as a person who's largely on the left. But I am also aware of what that means. And it means kind of that a lot of the things that I talk about are often political discourse rather than uh, religious discourse. And, and, and I want to be aware of that. And I think I've alienated... Uh, a lot of other potential people because I've included those elements. And you know what? Like, I'm going to embrace my Canadianness now and say that there are certain political things that I'm not willing to be as vitriolic anymore about because they really separate the fact that I think that the religious element of it is the real poison, honestly. I think that it religion has poisoned the conservative movement because it wasn't always a religious movement, but, you know... The advantage of us growing has been the unfortunate consequence of the the complete. There now the there's almost none. You can't even imagine. You you step out as an atheist in as a conservative. You almost have no choice but to like disavow everything. So it's a pretty tough pill to swallow, right? It's a uh, it's a weird time. It's a weird time. It's a very weird time. So I mean I don't know what to tell you other than the fact that let's cheer things up. Let's let's we have an interview. That we're going to do. Uh, because apparently God has been very pissed about my new book, Bible Stories. He's got a few things to say, I guess. So Ryan's going to interview him, and uh, hopefully he's not going to smite us or something. But uh, coming up next after uh, these commercials, we're, uh, or this commercial, we're going to have an interview with God. So stay tuned for that, ladies and gentlemen. Are you tired of your lackadaisical understanding of the Bible but detest the idea of reading it in its current form? Are you sickened with the thought of having your hard-earned cash go to an organization spreading hatred and ignorance around the world? Well, now you no longer have to suffer in ignorance. Jacob Forte's Bible Stories is the book for you, friend. Humorous, intelligent, and sardonic, you may suddenly find yourself saying something you once thought impossible. Hey, I'm reading the Bible, and I'm actually having a good time. Remember, hesitation is for the weak and indecisive. Go to www.thegoodatheist.net and pick up your copy today. Uh, 
I don't know where Jake went, uh, but uh, Jake had to go away for a mysterious something-something. So uh, I'm here to take over the show and uh, interview uh, a very special guest. Uh, uh, that, that guest is God. God, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you for having me on again. I, I think that uh, he's hiding this uh, Jacob character. He's very afraid of me now, I, I, I can only assume. Uh, and he has every right to be. Would, would, would you, would, are you telling me that you, you might possibly smite Jacob Forte if he was here right now? Well, you know, I'm not going to promise anything because I always work in mysterious ways. But if he, uh, he snubs his toe on something, uh, snubs his toe, or if he, if he just, you know, scrapes his knee, then he'll know that uh, that was me. Definitely me. Now, uh, the topic that we brought you onto the show to talk about, actually, is uh, Jake's new book, Bible Stories. And uh, it basically kind of takes a, a trip through your early years. The, the, it, it's, it's the autobiography of God, uh, the early years, kind of like uh, when the Beatles had that first drummer uh, before they brought Ringo in. I, I'm just wondering, have you read this book, and what do you think about it? Well, I have read the book, first of all, and uh, I'm going to say a few things about it. First... I think that it trivializes how much uh, violence actually happened. I'm not quite sure that, you know, it's entirely his fault because it's true there are some documents missing. I don't go into a lot of details about the battles and stuff. I didn't realize that people would be kind of into that, you know, in the future. So it's true, I did skip some of that. Uh, but he paints me as just this tyr tyrannical character only because, you know, yes, all right, I drowned everybody the first time around when I didn't like the way the things were going and okay I allowed them to have civil war with one another and fine I murdered every single firstborn Egyptian just to make a point but you know what here's the thing he's just some dipshit writer who lives with his mom does, does he really have all of the understanding that I do really does he I'm I, I, there's a lot of things on my mind as well well, uh, I, I've heard some historians say that uh, a lot of uh, the early things that actually uh, were, were claimed to go on in the in the Bible in the Old Testament uh, actually never happened. Uh, you care to uh, care, care care to care to voice your opinion, or, or rather, uh, tell us what the facts are uh, when it comes to that. All right. Well, you know, some people ask me, "Where's the archaeological evidence that you were ever in Egypt?" Or this, this, this idea that the pyramids were built before there was even Judaism. All right. Those sound really legitimate when you look at it from a scientific perspective. But I'm asking everyone to just believe me because I'm a very powerful creature who has dominion over you. I don't see really what the problem with this line of reasoning is. It's a pretty straightforward thing. Yes, you can come up with your own conclusions and use evidence and yada yada. Or you can shut your fucking mouth and just believe that it was, uh, you know, there's some misunderstanding there. You know, I work in mysterious ways. What can I tell you? Now, you, you, you did a lot of harsh things uh, early on in the Bible. You know, a lot of people like to say that the Old Testament is... Uh, is kind of your, uh, your 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 angry phase, uh, as opposed to the New Testament, which is a bit more 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 lovey dovey. Uh, any any regrets uh, as to as to what you did back then? Or are you still pretty okay with your track record? Well, you see, I think it's great that everybody really thinks that the New Testament is lovey dovey, and to a large part, I will say that it does contain some elements which, compared to the old stuff, 
does seem pretty uh, nice. You know, like a golden rule or whatever. But a lot of people forget that in this book I created this eternal place of suffering in which you will go to if you don't listen to an even more specific set of instructions. So, uh, you know, I, I don't feel like I've really lost any of my edge here. Uh, this is a, you know, maybe, and, and this is also largely the reason why I think that people are, are just so nice and pussy-ish now, is that they've forgotten the fact that it, it really doesn't matter. I'm going to be punishing and burning you, whether it's now or later. I just chose later, right? That was the real, before I would burn you alive for complaining. Now I'm going to burn you when you're dead. Doesn't that make more sense? Really, from a marketing perspective? Yeah, it's not bad. It's I mean, not bad. Who's going to who's going to complain, right? Who's going to believe you when you complain? Be like, I was treated unfairly. Uh huh. Well, you know, put in a complaint uh, in the complaint department, and we'll get to you in uh, oh, I don't know, a trillion years. Now, uh, bringing it back to uh, the Bible stories book, you you you've gone through and you've read it. Uh, would you say that there's anything in there factually or or opinion related that uh, that you would uh, take specific issue with? Well, I would say, first of all, that uh, he did not include all of the 613 laws in uh, the law section. He may have done this for a number of reasons, most of which uh, include the fact that a lot of it is how you're supposed to sacrifice animals, which, uh, you know, people just don't put that effort in it no more. I don't get it. Like, something's got to die. Like, uh, where's the love, right? How come you're not burning all the fat, like, I miss that smell, but I guess now it's fine if you eat a wafer and drink some fucking wine or something. I guess. I guess that's alright. But, yeah, he didn't include all those rules, so I, I take some issue with that. There's a lot of things that, you know, he could have at least put there so people would be aware of it. I mean, sure, he's committed the greatest act of blasphemy since William Tyndale, but, uh, and, you know, I have a special place in hell for him. But uh, you should have at least included that part. I don't care how boring it is. Now, uh, he did include uh, the part about uh, the Ten Commandments. Uh, when it comes to the Ten Commandments, there, there seems to be an awful... Uh, there, there seems to be a little bit of repetition there about respect and, and other stuff like that. But, uh, you know, nothing about rape. Uh, you, nowadays, you know, for the modern person, they seem kind of out of date. Is there anything maybe that you, you do to update those laws? Or maybe, uh, you know, if, if you had it to do over again, and, you know, instead of uh, two tablets of stone, you had two I, iPads... Uh, what what you would put down on your top ten? Well, you know, I think conservatively, if you were just to estimate how much rape there is in the Bible, it's probably about 17,000 instances, maybe more. So uh, clearly not a problem. Uh, honestly, if you're not with the winning team, uh, I really got no concern. And who that winning team is, uh, well, I mean, you know when you're on it. That's the only thing I can tell you with certainty. Uh, but yeah, like that kind of stuff. Would I change anything? Yeah, I think I would have more rules against no idolatry. I mean, it's pretty clear when you read the Bible that is the, that's the thing I hate the most. So, if you could go and smash any historical figures or, you know, representations of ancient gods, you know, the way ISIS is doing it, that'd be great. Because that, there really is some old school stuff here going on. They're, they're fulfilling, like, three of the first Ten Commandments, basically. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's... I should have probably put, like, eight of... 
you shall specifically destroy wooden idols. You know, I, apparently I had to punish you so much because it just did not get how much it enraged me. But what can you do, right? Other than kill them. So, what would you uh, say your opinion is on the new form of uh, American Christianity, which is very, uh, you know, almost capitalist Christianity, which is very focused on, uh, you know, if you if you're if you're doing it right, then God's going to reward you with riches and uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a very new kind of Mick religion. And I was just wondering, and, and not Mick as in Irish, but kind of like McDonald's. It's a it's a fast food, fit your own, choose your own, make your own, uh, have it your way. Religion. Are, are are you down with that, or do you think they're getting it wrong? Well, I mean, it, it, you like to talk about the uh, New Testament being all nice and stuff, but let me tell you something. In the Old Testament, at least, there was something called the year jubilee. So every fifty years, you wouldn't have you'd have to switch up property, and then you know, there were all kinds of rules that are meant for poor people. Uh, so you could call it kind of socialism. Plus, I don't think anybody knows this. But Joseph, you know, from the, that golden boy, Jacob's golden boy with the Technicolor Dreamcoat guy, he basically invented income tax. So I, I, I don't really have a problem with it. I will say this, though. I do like the fact that the, that the people on the right, even if they don't really get the uh, economy of the Bible, because it's a pretty complex thing and I'm not really going to go into it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to you humans, but it makes sense in a celestial way. Uh, what I will say is that generally they're a lot more in line with some of that old school thinking and I like that, you know. They're willing to stone their children. I've seen a couple of, uh, you know, amendments brought on by some pretty conservative dudes trying to bring that up. They're like, oh, you're, you're being disobedient. That was in the list, by the way, of the Ten Commandments. So if you're being disobedient to your parents, you should be stoned to death. These are, these are punishable by death, by the way. So, yeah. No, I, I mean, Ten Commandments, let's live by them, so if you backtalk, you're fucking dead. Well, you know, we, we still got that rainbow protecting us from, from another flood. Uh, do you ever regret that? And if there was a, a group of people or, or a kind of thing uh, that you could kind of target, single out, and say, uh, you're roasting in hell, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn you all to salt right now. Uh, once again, uh, keep in mind, you gave us that rainbow, and you can't actually do it. But I'm just curious, you know, in a theoretical non-rainbow world, where you didn't give us a rainbow after the flood, uh, as a promise not to smite us all again, uh, who do you smite and why? See, this is typical mortal thinking. You don't have much imagination. Sure. All right. Yeah. And legally speaking, I can't drown you all because we have a contract. But that just invites all kinds of different ways that I can wipe you out. In a sense, I don't regret the contract at all. It only means that I have to be a bit more creative in your destruction, and uh, which brings me great joy, by the way. Uh, and you don't have a Moses around to convince me not to kill all of you. I mean, that's, say what you will about Moses in terms of he was a coward, a bully, a murderer. Say what you will. But uh, he could talk a man down from brutal, genocidal murder of your own people. I will say that about that guy. Oh, it makes sense. You know, you know, after one flood, you wouldn't want to make a, a second flood. It would be like uh, building some kind of Death Star to destroy everybody, and then after that, building another one. That would be, that would be stupid yeah. and repetitive, and uh, I don't yeah. think anybody... Who would watch yeah, that? It's, it's just stupid. Exactly. Yeah. What a ripoff. 
You did the exact same thing that in the first movie you did. Why would I want to see that again? But uh, now, this is a bit of a scientific question, but considering the path that humans are going on and how we're melting the ice caps and everything, isn't it actually uh, quite likely that we are all going to drown? And uh, if that is the case, can you save us? Well, I mean, I could uh, save you. I mean, I could do anything. That's the point. Uh, I mean, you talk about coulds, right? But would you? I mean, have you ever had an annoying teacher that pulled that grammar shit on you? Yeah, I'm like the ultimate grammar asshole. I, I could. Definitely I could. Would I? Well, I mean, I think there's nothing better than to watch somebody, you know, trip over themselves, don't you? I mean, I don't. this time I don't even need to annihilate you. I could just watch you. You just do it yourself. It's like fucking pay-per-view, man. Like giving a kid... A nail gun, you know? You're in for a good time. That's what I did. Except for imagine nail gun times of, you know, five billion. You're all holding nail guns. So are you telling me that you basically put all that, uh, all those dinosaurs in the ground and all that coal down there so that we could dig it up and basically shoot ourselves in the face with a giant nail gun? No, 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 no. You're misunderstanding. That's way too elaborate. All I had to do was to give you the impression that you were the most important thing in the fucking universe, and the rest basically writes itself, you know. As soon as you have the hubris of thinking you're fucking important or relevant, you're gonna work yourself into your own grave. It's great. All I need to do is give you confidence. So? Well, I blind confidence. <laughs> going back to, uh... That infidel Jacob Forte and his book Bible stories. I, I just wanted to know, uh, out of all the parts in it, uh, what what was that favorite moment for you? What was that point that when you read that you were like, oh, I I remember that like it was yesterday, and boy, does that take me back. You know, uh, people are going to say that this one's weird, but I got to say that the story of Onan is really one of those that sticks with you. In fact, you know, you wouldn't even have all these crazy contraception laws that kill millions of people if the story wasn't just so delicious. You know, when you're trying to force a man to have sex with his dead brother's wife in order to legally produce children, because that's his obligation, there's nothing like watching him, you know, basically jack on her stomach, which was not in the rules, and then kill him instantly. Just reminded me of some of the hot shit I did once in a while, you know. Not afraid to uh, get my hands. Now, dirty. wasn't uh, wasn't Onan? Uh, he was one of the few people that you actually, uh, you know, took out. Uh, you know, just pointed your finger at him, was like bang, bang. Yeah, yeah it felt good. But uh, there were more. I mean, like it depends on the technicality. Like there was this one time where uh, my house, you know, the ark, was coming back because the Philistines had basically banned it because I was giving everybody plagues. And then when it comes back to this guy's house, you know, they open it up and they're like, what's inside? And then I kill everybody, Indiana Jones style. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that Indiana Jones thing is pretty awesome, too, when you killed all those Nazis. No, that didn't happen. That was based on what I did in the Bible. But I, I didn't kill any Nazis. No, no, no. We had to deal. Based yeah. on a true story. Right, based on a true story. But no, uh, if you read the if you read the Bible, it's not rare for me to use uh, genocidal monsters to occasionally teach the Jews a lesson. Yep. I mean, there's plenty of Orthodox Jews that feel uh, that way. 
Yeah, I, I was just pointing out the fact that that time you actually rolled up your sleeves and just and just you know no 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 middleman, uh, no lion, no plague, no uh, no boils or anything, or you, you didn't you know didn't send down an angel to do it. You just actually. He jacked, uh, he pulled out, and he jizzed on her stomach or back, or, you know, depending on your understanding of the Jewish language, who knows exactly where that semen went, but it didn't go in the vagina, and you you smote him. I smote him good. I mean, there was also that other time where I opened up the ground, you know, because those guys had, uh, you know, taken some goods from Jericho, and they just fucking closed the ground, and on them, that was pretty cool, too, you know. Like it's like that movie 300 where they fall in that bottomless pit, except for I open up the pit. Yeah, they fell inside. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it would be pretty neat if they uh, if they uh, made a movie and uh, they showed all that off. Well, you know it's tough for today's critics. I don't know if you could. Uh, there's a lot of violence. I think something conservatively is about 1,700 battles or something. I mean, it's it would be a long production. A bit too much, I'd say. Maybe we can animate it with fruit. Yeah? I hear that's a thing. Okay. Uh, I understand you're, you're a busy deity, so I'm going to let you get back to uh, running the universe. But uh, as a last question, I just wanted to know, uh, what other uh, mythological god is on your shit list right now? And uh, just like a little shout-out to him and, uh, and uh, how angry you are at him. Oh, wow, yeah, that's a big question. Who's the next uh, little guy that's uh, trying to usurp me? Well, I gotta say, I I think that this, uh, it's not one god, but it's multiple gods. It's these Hindus just popping up, and they've got like 10,000 of those motherfuckers that I'm going to have to smash their idols to. It's going to be a nightmare. Like, I don't even know how many they have, that's how many they have, so... Uh, I just want to say to all of you Vishnus and Gishnas or whatever... I'm coming after you. I don't care how many people I has lives I have to ruin. You're going down. Quick. And, uh, so just and a quick shout-out for the gays. Right, well, I'm always hunting for you. Like, I don't like it. Whatever you do, uh, something about it upsets me. Maybe I like it too much, I don't know. Something about it, gotta stop it. Deadly consequences. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna peace out. And if you see that... Jacob character, just tell him that uh, I'm going to give him hemorrhoids or something. It's going to some problems. Will do. I'm going to have my revenge down. Thank you so much for your time, God. I really appreciate it. Alright, well, we'll see you in hell, you, you sinner. I feel like that was a pretty good interview. Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, he only condemned me to hell uh, four or five times. You know what? He's, he's, he's turned out to be a lot more polite over the years, don't you think? Oh hey Jake. Yeah, well I mean I was listening the whole time. What a what a what a character this guy. What a character. Oh that, oh, that god, eh? What a wacky guy. But I gotta say, he's just uh you know he's always got uh, something surprising to say. You just never know what's wacky guy or girl. No. No, it's clear from the Bible. He has a dangly penis and that changes everything. <laughs> Including all the decisions that you have to make about your reproductive system, ladies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right, well, you know what? I think that we're going to wrap up the show. Because um, that was just too much goodness. We had the beginning with Jim Jones. We had the interview. Do we need anything more on the show? 
Uh, no, I think we can uh, we can pack it all into the next episode. It's good to have a, a nice little backlog of things to talk about. I think about. so, too. Well, it should be pretty exciting for everybody. I need everyone out there who's listening, by the way, to go tell their friends that the Good Atheist is back on. You know what I mean? We need to spread the word here. Some people don't know yet that we're just doing this stuff again because uh, I quit. Whatever. <laughs> 